For America's favorite family, everything was coming up roses. But those roses contained ready-to-sting bees. When we come back... I want to set the record straight. I thought the cop was a prostitute. When Behind the Laughter continues... Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review the finale of season 11. We finally made it, Mr. Davis. It is episode BABF19, Behind the Laughter. I am Dando. I am Guy, and yes, what a long, strange trip it's been. Yes, through uh, through season eleven. I mean, we've had our highs. We've had we've we've had the what is it? What is it? Homer says the dizzying highs, the the crushing lows, and the creamy centers. We've had <laughs> we've had all of it, man. I do think season eleven has been a lot more enjoyable than I than I expected because uh, I've. I'm not going to say I'm one of those fans that stopped watching after um, season 9 and 10, because I'm not, because I watched it all the way through, but I've always been one of those fans that sort of acknowledged that was the best years of the show. And that's true, it still is one of the best years of the show. But season 11, if you, I mean, obviously if you listen to this podcast, you have been following along with us, but if you've got friends out there who just don't watch it because it's after season 9, tell them to get off their ass and go watch it, because now, especially now you've got Disney+, Plus, you can just access any episode whenever you want to. Season 11's been, overall, definitely a thumbs up, in my opinion. Look, I would say so as well. I mean, um, and look, I think it's inevitable for just about any show that goes for a long time, and particularly one like this one that's gone for a very long time, that eventually you're going to have some kind of deterioration. You know, it's never going to be as great, you know, as those early episodes were, of course. But I mean, it's not like it falls off a cliff immediately after, you know, the best episodes ever. It's, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to... I'm trying to be positive here, even though it sounds like it's more of a steady decline. Um, <laughs> even that's not that bad. But I mean, no, there are. It's not like it all of a sudden went. Hey, now it sucks. It's more like, oh no, you look. Some things aren't exactly what they were, but you know, there are still not even echoes. Just you know, uh, there are really. Oh, it's very very evident that the the invention and the energy and the sense of humor. They're all. It's all still evident. It's all still there, but, you know, maybe not as abundantly as it used to be. But so, yeah, I mean, if you sort of say, all right, now I'm shutting the door on it after season 10 or whatever, well, yeah, you're, you're letting yourself down. You're not doing yourself a favour. I mean, realistically, if you're one of those people, this episode might as well be the best finale for you. I mean, this is this was, this was could have been this, the series finale. I, did you enjoy it? Because I think this was fucking fantastic. I loved it. <sighs> I wouldn't go so far as fucking fantastic. Um, I'd say it was pretty good. I mean, I, I've certainly had a few laughs out of it, absolutely. I mean, um, look, something we were talking about before we started recording. Are we allowed to talk about what we talked about before we started recording? But, we don't um, talk to each other. off the, off the once, the once we push stop, I just hang up. That's well, oh, God, goes, right? <laughs> yeah, well, look, we're going to do our own, you know, four-finger discount behind the laughter fairly soon. It's like, fucking <laughs> Dando, Jesus Christ. That behind the awesome. podcast. <laughs> uh, but, look, we, I think we said to each other, like, how there's not a lot of story to this. It's it's mainly no. it's bits and and gags and all that kind of stuff. And there's a lot of good ones in there. So um, I don't know if it's fair to sort of judge it by previous standards. But but going by you know, did it make you smile? Did it make you laugh? Did it make you chuckle? Yeah, absolutely. 
It's just, I forgot how many one-liners came from this episode. Because I've mentioned it before on the podcast, there's so many one-liners in the show that I can't actually pinpoint where they came from. But man, there were so many in this one. Like, Homer, getting into one of my favorite moments, Homer, I thought the cup was a prostitute. <laughs> I think I knew, I knew we were going to be on the same page regarding that one. I mean, oh, first God, of all, that was funny. First of all, it's just a funny line. And I mean, I, I would love, you know, it doesn't. I don't think it really happens these days, but I mean, I'm sort of going back to the 90s when Hugh Grant got busted with a hooker in, in, in LA. And of course, Hugh Grant at this time was, oh, he was the, the charming but and, and stuttering kind of leader of four weddings and a funeral. Just this very nice Englishman. And, you know, of course, here he is getting a hummer off some hooker. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, I would love for someone in that situation to just sort of say, you know, or if they're busted by the vice squad, so like, it's pretty simple. I thought the cop was a prostitute. <laughs> but the, so that's just great by itself. But the way Homer sort of does it, like he's explaining it to the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> and then the little, little subtle nod at the. Oh, yeah. Just like, there you go. <laughs> he's just so proud of himself and like, I put that one to bed. <laughs> that's the end of that chapter. <laughs> that's the end of that chapter. You just see him brushing his hands. There you go. Sorted. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, um, I would say that is probably the high point of that of this episode for me. Just that I love the gag. I love the delivery. I think it works so well. But very, of course, there, there's other lots of good. There's lots of other good stuff in here as well. Well, this actually won the Emmy for outstanding animated program in 2000. So obviously, critics enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Um, and I, I, for some reason, my recollection of this episode and. This may sound silly, but I, for some reason, thought everyone disliked this episode. But that's probably because, uh, what would have I been? It would have been about 11 at this point. 11-year-old Dando didn't get this episode. I mean, I was still in the, the, the peak of my Simpsons fandom at this point. I was Simpsons, 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 Simpsons was my life. So, I never saw them in a negative light. Even the episodes that we reviewed, and I look back now and go, oh, yeah, it was terrible. Like, even the one, Hello Gutter, Hello Fatter, which I just think was a terrible, terrible ending. I didn't see it like that when I was 11. I enjoyed the episode. So, I didn't understand why they were doing this, but you can just you can just sort of see that the writers and the, the producers had so much fun poking fun at themselves with this one. Oh, it's yeah. just, that's what makes it so great. When it comes to things like, um, you know, talking about the gimmicky storylines and the, uh, the celebrity cameos to sort of boost ratings, like that's kind of things that like hardcore fans on the internet were hanging shit on the show about. And they just, just them acknowledging it here just made me smile. Yeah, I think one of the other things about this, uh, maybe for maybe more for Australian viewers than anything else, is that I don't think we were familiar as familiar with behind the music, the whole MTV right. series that uh, you know sort of documented the downfall or, or you know or rough times of various musos. So, look, I, I imagine that a lot of Simpsons fans are probably would be familiar with um, you know just sort of going behind the scenes and digging a bit of dirt and all that kind of stuff. But I mean. Based on what I've seen of behind the music, which isn't a whole lot, this seems fairly faithful to that kind of that format and that kind of tone as well. So, um, look, that could be one one other reason why maybe it didn't connect with uh, audiences outside the US. It's a possibility, uh, but I know I, I certainly get where you're coming from, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Well, I tweeted Mike Scully um, last night asking him he got new info on it, and he was and it mentioned this on the Wikipedia page as well, and he tweeted back how he loved doing it, and it was it was made so much better because. The producer of um, 
of uh, behind the music of VH1, Gay Rosenthal, she gave, you know, she was friends with Mike. So she said, yep, go for it. You know, they use the graphics, the music, everything. Mm. And they even had Jim Forbes, the actual narrator from behind the music of VH1 to record the dialogue for this show, which just made it such, I mean, if you know the show, it is such a spot on parody. They could not have done a better job when it comes to that. I think I would have uh, liked it a bit more if they'd taken pot shots at a few of the behind the scenes actual personnel on The Simpsons. I mean, you know, here you have that, uh, that famous uh, rendition of Matt Groening where he's like a one-eyed Nazi shooting at the camera and all that kind of stuff. I reckon that would have been fun as well. But I mean, actually, no. Now that I think about it, it's not really in keeping with the... Uh, with the way they were going with this episode and sort of talking about the family and well, all this that is, kind this, of stuff. This is the thing. So Matt Salmon has said, um, another writer of the episode and Simpsons um, producer, he has said that, uh, that there was two ways of going about it. Do the Simpsons, was it like kind of like the Truman Show or did they, did they know they were being on TV? So I think if they were going down that outlet where the show was being made by people and the, the cast didn't know they're on TV, they probably could have shown people like Matt Groening. But when it's the Simpsons themselves creating the show, I don't yeah. think you could really have that, you know. But they that, did. That's a good you, point. I'm, I'm sure you did appreciate the Rupert Murdoch gag, though, right? I always appreciate a shot at Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> There's even, Hope, even Homer happened to help him along. You, you, P, E. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> <laughs> There's this doco going around at the moment called the. Um, oh, it's either the rise and fall of the Murdoch dynasty or just the, the, the fall of the Murdoch dynasty or whatever, but mm. it's a, a really interesting three-parter that I obtained through nefarious means. <laughs> but um, I think the ABC is picking it up here in Australia. That sort of, but it shows maybe sort of the last decade of how Murdoch's you know, gone about his business. And it's incredible how many people are just so sort of in awe of him and really powerful people are in awe of him and terrified of him and just terrified and getting on the wrong side of him because they know he's got this incredible apparatus that could just crush you. So um, more power to the Simpsons in that regard for constantly, well, not constantly, but semi-regularly taking the piss. I mean, I think they're, are, they the, are they the only show in history that's been able to take the piss out of their owners, essentially, to the extent in which they do? Um, not someone as powerful as Murdoch, I don't think. I mean... 30 Rock, I know, took the piss out of NBC and, yep, that's true. and, its, and its owners all the time. And I'm, I'm sure there are others that do it. I mean, 30 Rock did it a lot. But, um, yeah, it is, <laughs> as I've, I think I've said uh, on the podcast before, I will always hold The Simpsons the highest esteem for getting it to say, I'm Rupert Murdoch, the billionaire tyrant. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the greatest. <laughs> it's the greatest. It's very good. Speaking of awards, so they won the Emmy for Outstanding Animated Program, but, uh, but composer Alf Clawson, he also won the Annie Award. Um, the award he won was Outstanding Individual Achievement for Music in an Animated Television Production. So, all around, this um, this episode was just highly acclaimed, and it's just funny because I just I remember not liking it, and I, for some reason, I remember my friends just not getting it either, but you, you mentioned before that, you know, Behind the Music wasn't really a big deal. VH1 wasn't that big in, you know, 99, 2000 here in Australia, and 11-year-olds weren't really watching that kind of thing at that point, or well, many of them anyway, so... I can understand why we didn't get it because we didn't understand the parody. But uh, yeah. upon reflection now, my God, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I will say, I think the last portion was the weakest. Doesn't mean it was bad, but I just thought that the opening, the opening act and a half was just sensational. Yeah, I, it's, you could feel it kind of not running out of steam as it went along, but it's like, yeah, this, the joke is sort of wearing a little bit thin. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it comes out of the gate very, very strongly and there's a lot of good one-liners a lot of good sort of sight gags and, and all that kind of business. So, yeah, I mean, no, any complaints for me are very are very few, very far between, and very, very small. Yeah. 
Do you know in uh, so I see this on the Wikipedia page? So BBC lost the rights to um the, the syndication rights for The Simpsons in two thousand and four, and they specifically chose this to be the last episode that they ever aired um, because they, they it got passed on to Channel Four in the UK, mm. and it just goes again to show that you know this episode so many people must have really enjoyed it. Can you remember when it first aired? Did, 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 like, can you remember the first time you saw this? Whether you you know understood it or whether you thought it was good? What did, what did what did you what do you remember of this episode? Uh, look, I. I I don't remember a great deal about the specifics of it. I do remember watching it, certainly, and remember thinking, oh, that's a pretty neat gimmick. I was aware of um, Behind the Music uh, because I'd, I'd, look, I'd probably read about it in issues of Rolling Stone or something along those lines, but I don't know if VH1 or anything like that was act- was it was it showing in, in Australia at that time? Was it on Foxtel? Was it Well, it wasn't late? far off. It was, if it wasn't, it wasn't far off because I used to watch VH1 for VH1 Storytellers. It was one of my favourite shows when I was a bit younger. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, where they just sort of, the musicians just play in an intimate setting. It's kind of like the, the Max sessions that we had here in Australia, that kind yeah. of vibe. Um, oh, like Unplugged? Yeah, so, kind of like Unplugged, yeah. Um, so it's just an you know, intimate crowd just surrounding the, the circle stage. So um, VH1, it, it was eventually in Australia. Whether it was in 2000, I'm not too sure. Yeah. But no, I remember thinking, oh, yeah, that's a nice sort of a, a nice piss take and a nice format to sort of, you know, gently but accurately sort of take the mickey out of yourself as well. So, you know, no, I remember appreciating it in that regard. And, of course, I just remember the line about, I thought the cop was a prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> I did also appreciate the way they turned things like the iconic gorge moment into a way to explain Homer's lack of pain with the painkiller oh, addiction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because well, that's, that's, a, that's one of the things that a lot of people poked fun at the show saying, oh God, you're having Homer do all this unrealistic stuff that no one would ever actually be able to bear all this pain. But no, like, I, I mean, it's ridiculous, the explanation, but like, at least it's something. Like, I, I, can, I can kind of buy into it. Well, it's something I was thinking about. I mean, um, I reckon it might have um, sort of an analogue in, in real life because we've, we've talked about, you know, Chevy Chase on, um, on the podcast in the past, you know, mm. whether it's about Fletch or Vacation or Community or whatever. Uh, but when he was on Saturday Night Live, he was really famous for doing a lot of pratfalls and things like that. You know, he'd, he'd fall off stage. He, he, he was really known for his impression of um, president at the time, Gerald Ford, and Ford was regarded okay. as a bit of a klutz. So Chevy Chase would often play up to that and just, you know, fall over all the time. And he didn't really, um, I don't think he patted himself all that well. And he ended up, you know, generally in a fair, in a fair bit of chronic pain. And I think, don't quote me on, well, <laughs> I say don't quote me on this as I'm about to go say it in a podcast where it'll be on the record. But there, uh, there's speculation that may have led to like uh, some issues with drugs that he had, that he was sort of self-medicating because he was in pain a lot of the time from a lot of the, a lot of the pratfalls and all the and the physical comedy that he was doing. I don't know if that's got if that was on the Simpsons mind at all, but it's certainly something that sprung to mind when I was watching the episode. Could have been, yeah, very well could have been. There's something that Simpsons writers knew about because I've never heard that story before, but it would make sense. I mean, that it was just good just being able to explain the. I mean, even they could at least acknowledge that what they were doing is a bit ridiculous by this point. But I just love that they. Were, oh, yeah. And it it was. It was <laughs> It's one of my trivia questions, but I just love the reason why Homer was the one doing it. Did you hear that? What Bart said? Oh, because Bart had been up all night. Had Bart been up all night? Uh, you know, making people kiss one another, paying strangers to kiss each other. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but yeah, overall, this episode has so many one-liners. It's gonna be, it was just going to be one of those episodes. I kind of see it as like a treehouse of horror, but even they have more mm. of a story structure. This one doesn't really have a structure. It's just a parody from start to finish so we'll do our best to do our normal review hey my favorite what was your favorite moment mr davis 
Oh, well, of, of course, I've already said it twice. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to think about uh, any others. I mean, they're usually... Look, I think the presence of Willie Nelson is uh, something that's a bit of a winner for me. I, yep. I, I just love Willie Nelson. I mean, not just because he's a major pothead and you know at this age and still going strong. I mean, um, he just seems to have been one of those guys who's been around forever. I mean, it wasn't... Actually, it was earlier this week or maybe late last week... For some reason, I don't know if it was, it was probably on Facebook or something, but an image of young Willie Nelson came up and he had like short hair and he looked awfully dorkish. You know, he, he was clean shaven and everything. It was probably a photo that looked like it was from the uh, from the 50s or the 60s or something, but he was very clean cut. And I'm like, holy cow. Because <laughs> I mean, every, as long as I've known Willie Nelson or known of Willie Nelson, because he and I are not personal friends, um, he's had the long hair and the braids and the beard and... You know, it looks like he's been out in the sun, you know, just a little bit too long and yeah, all that kind of stuff. But uh, to have him as the, um, well, the hero who sort of, you know, reunites the Simpsons, that's a really nice touch. Because honestly, who doesn't like Willie Nelson? You have to be some kind of monster. What I also like is that came just after they discussed how the Simpsons just bring in guest stars for the sake of bringing in guest stars. And then <laughs> cue Willie Nelson. Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my favorite moments were, I mean, we discussed that the cop was a prostitute. I also love the, you know, Homer and I had great chemistry. Every day I thought of Fiery Marge, you know, just to shake things up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Wiggum saying his catchphrase. <laughs> oh, and it, just, it. <laughs> it just gets worse and worse with each one. <laughs> so it's, oh, nah, God. Nah, I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> it made, made me laugh so much. This was... This episode actually had me like crying of laughter in a couple of moments, and that hasn't happened for a while. The Simpsons, so um, yeah, I just, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed this. I'm glad you got to cry, Dando. Next question: You there, eating the paste? Trivia for this week. It's the finale of season eleven. I'll show Ooh. you commence, Mister Davis. Go for it. Have, have we talk about the leaderboard for the new titles thing? Have we got a leaderboard going between us? I mean, have uh, we just? I'm sure all the listeners out there right now have been keeping track. <laughs> <'Cause I certainly laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm going to assume you win because you always seem to get more than I do. Oh, I don't know about that. But um, so, do you want me to start? Will I go? Will I go yeah, first? you go first. Why not? Oh, okay. Then no worries. Um, the Simpsons have a, uh, a star on Hollywood Boulevard. It's a few stars down from which iconic, uh, well, let's say product uh, icon. Cheerios Honeybee. Oh, you are correct, sir. Yes. All right. One for me. I'll take it. Uno. What were yes. the Simpsons using toilet paper for after they became rich? Oh. What did they use as toilet paper or? Yes. Oh. No, what were they using? What were they using? To- they, so they used oh, something as for- toilet paper. Because they were using 50s as toilet paper and using yep. regular toilet paper as dog toilet paper. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was one of my questions, but... Okay. <laughs> no, but that, no, that's all right, because uh, I've actually got a few more here that I've um, uh, highlighted instead. Um, what was the name of Homer's mini pig? Mr. Porky. Mr. Porky. That was one of my questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've been doing this too long, mate. We're starting to merge minds. We have. Uh, who else was in the parade after the Simpsons family? Oh, um do I have to there name three, all of them? There was three three individuals. There was, there was Santa, mm-hmm. the Pope, yep, and 
was it Buzz Aldrin or just an astronaut? I was just an astronaut. Yes, I would have taken okay. an astronaut. Okay. Yes. <laughs> the Simpsons enjoyed watching um, Hollywood Hogwash. Can you name at least two other shows that they enjoyed watching? Uh, no, I wasn't paying attention. I was too busy laughing at the Hollywood Hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can you name at least one? No, I can't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> what do you say? Um, well, they also enjoyed The Drek Squad. Um, the Drek Squad. The, the Malarkeys. Dumbing the it Malarkeys. down. Yeah. Uh, and Sheriff Lowbrow. Oh, and, and sure. Bart also kind of throws a jab at home improvement. Oh, that's right. But yeah, home improvement. I heard that and I was like, uh, see, the thing is, a lot of people shit on home improvement. I really enjoyed it as a kid. I haven't gone back in a long time and watched it. And I'm not going to bother. <laughs> no, no, just leave it, in the, leave it in the past where it belongs. But if you've got fond memories of it, yeah, I mean, I've, before, we, um, before we started recording today, I actually went to the patrons page and said, hey, we're going to be recording soon, but um, I think we should uh, give a little shout out to... Uh, the show Renegade that Bart was apparently going to um, uh, replace Lorenzo Lamas' lead on and put on the opening credits. I've got no desire to watch a whole episode of Renegade now, but just watching those opening credits, because I mean, I used to watch it on the regular on a Saturday night. Um, watching the opening credits, like, yeah, that's enough. That's all they need. That's sort of, yeah. that's firing up the neutrons that, you know, or, you know, firing up my little pleasure centers. Like, oh, yeah, that was good fun, wasn't it? But yeah, watching a whole episode, no. It's like Whenever I've said I, about. It's like I, I've always said about Baywatch. People don't like Baywatch. People like the idea of Baywatch, and they like the opening credits. That's it. The opening credits are fucking fantastic of Baywatch. Yeah, but I mean, look, I'm sure there is someone out there who's probably like, "Hey, man, I watch Baywatch. <laughs> you know, I've got the whole. <laughs> I've got the whole season. Yeah, there's, oh, plenty, yeah. Of good, there's uh, plenty of reasons to watch Baywatch. <laughs> enjoy. Yes, I mean, there are there are worse ways to spend your time. But I'm whenever, guessing whenever, whenever, of- whenever, whenever I'm feeling down, like you just you watching Renegade that you had the intro, I just wake on the Welcome Back and that, that theme <laughs> song. I'm just like takes me back to watching Welcome Back quite with my mum after school on a weekday, and I'm done. I see the intro, and that's all I need. <laughs> yeah, well, well, didn't I say? I mean, I think both of us have had this thing like, uh, but a couple of months ago, and this was even like pre the worst of quarantine and all that kind of business. Um, I found myself just going down a YouTube rabbit hole for like three hours. I was up till two in the morning uh, just watching 70s and 80s openings of shows, like everything from Family Ties to Miami Vice. Um, I think I started in the 70s because I remember the Sanford and Son thing that was on the episode with Steve Martin. (laughs) And I wanted to see the original. It's like, wow, this is really funky. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, listen to a lot of uh, 70s themes tr- tracks and that uh, led me into 80s ones and all that. Honestly, I, I, I slept like a baby that night and I woke up just with a smile on my face. That's <laughs> <laughs> true, though. And a lot Absolutely. of the time, too, is you, you, you know a lot of famous theme songs and you know the theme song. You don't even know anything about the show. You, know, you never watched the show in your life, but the theme song oh, makes yeah. you happy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how we got onto that. Oh, I think it was uh, we're talking about the Drek Squad. No, Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Home Improvement. Which, uh, but um, which you enjoyed yeah. and have not watched. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so um, I've I, I, I got one. I've got one more question. I think because all the other ones have been stolen. We'll go. Actually, yeah, because we took, we discussed the um the paper, paying people to kiss. So my final question is: How mm. many drops were required to keep Lisa from growing? It was five, wasn't it? Five, correct. You are on fire today, Mr. Davis. Oh, do I have one more question? Okay, then. Um, When Homer took the stage in Rent 2, Condo Fever, uh, what was the name of his landlord character? Oh, no. Lost on me. 
Okay, it was Mr. Stingley. Mr. Stingley, okay. Yes, came on with the mustache. You must pay the rent. (laughs) (laughs) Pay it now. Um, Yeah, so that is the final trivia for season 11. It's been a fun ride, but I think the award goes to you, Mr. Davis. You have certainly knocked me out of the park. Oh, do I do I get like a pop or something? Do I get a pop vinyl? Um, well, I can get you a pop of what was that one? The ones you wanted? You wanted the um? I think I either wanted that, Don Draper smoking a cigarette or the guy from The Purge with the mask. The Purge, yes, said God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll get them both for you. That's that's your prize. <laughs> <laughs> when I started seeing the lovely Louise, and I said, "Okay, fine, come into my house. It's a mess." Um, I think she saw that I had one or two pops. When I say one or two, I mean like six or seven in various places around the house. I think she saw one and was like, what do you got there? I said, oh, that's from where I used to work. Because <laughs> I've got, uh, what's his name? Ray Reddington from the blacklist in the bedroom. Oh, have you got here. that one? Fuck, man, I wanted to get that one and I fucking, it's gone now. Damn it. Oh, oh for real? Oh, well, they're, yeah. they're, that's my superannuation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we, all, all the time at work we used to sort of talk about people, you know, sort of buying up pops. It's like, oh, that's my retirement fund. Like people used to buy comic books as like yep. rare sort of, um, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this edition of uh, of X-Men whatever is going to be super rare. I'll be able to sell it for, you know, a 300% markup, you know, later on down the line. It's like, no, you won't. <laughs> no. You, you, you'll, be, you'll be paying someone to take it from your hands in one, one day. <laughs> <laughs> from this day forward, your name shall be... New names for this week. Now, by this week, I mean for the for the season. Uh, we're about to discuss and find out who is the winner of the first ever Guy Davis New Names Four Figure Discount Leader oh my. Board. So, wow, I got my name on it. That's fantastic. Your your name is on the top of the award. I'm gonna have a, a physical trophy and everything. That's that's oh. a lie. The physical trophy. We'll get a, <laughs> we'll, do we'll get a physical trophy, but it will stay here because I ain't posting that shit. Too expensive. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, do it cash on delivery or something. Obviously, before we get into today's leaderboard, we need to read out our beloved twenty dollars plus patrons. We've got Jordan, Mole Man, Richie, Nick Barbaro, Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby, Chris Melion, Will Manthorpe, Ben Smith, Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston, Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, and our newbie Kane Von Nagy. Thank you so much for jumping on board, guys. Obviously, a handful of you guys already have received them in the mail this week. I know. Andrew Zern, definitely Nick Barbaro did as well. They messaged me. They got their stone cutter ring plus a bonus extra goodie. So if you are a $20 patient for three months or more, once you successfully hit that three-month mark, I personally will send you a stone cutter ring as well as a bonus extra Simpsons goodie. So thank you so much, guys, for jumping on board the $20 patronage bandwagon. Also, new shout-outs to our $5 plus patrons this week, Nathan Simpson, Chris Spironovic, Tom O'Kane, and Noah Jones. Thank you so much, guys, for becoming patrons. Like I said, for as little as $2 plus per month, you can join the Four Finger Discount Facebook community. It's a great place. You also get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts at the $2 level. $5 level, you get the show a week early, as well as access to a bunch of other exclusive podcasts. And the, the list just goes, it just keeps getting more and more than more your papers. Thank you so much, guys, to everyone who is a patron. And uh, just like I said as well, thank you everyone out there who continues to listen to the show each and every week. So now, Mr. Davis, we're going to get into the leaderboard in third position equal Andrew Parker on 12 and Alistair Danik on 12 in second position Garode Harahill on 20 points and in first position D.L. Gorman who finished very strong this season on 21 points so we are about to find out who is going to win the big prize which I will announce after we find out who the winner is Indeed. And also, don't forget, well, actually, you probably didn't forget, but I'm here, I'm jumping the gun, that you added a wrinkle to the process where mm. anyone who gets onto the leaderboard 
also gets a prize. That is correct. A bit of a wildcard gift. You, you, you were already going to talk about that, but here I am just sort of ruining the surprise. Anyway. No, I'll I, no I, I, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for throwing yourself under the bus, Dando. I appreciate that. Man. Okay, so before we get to the whole uh, de toi of it all, that's um, for those playing at home, that's one, two, three. Um, the the honourable mentions. We've had many an honourable mention throughout this season, but uh, and we've also got a few with this uh, this final episode. I mean, um, someone like John, John, this is the first time I've said your name out loud, so forgive me if I butcher your surname, Charin or Charin. But, uh, oh, Sh- Charin, yes. Or, Sh- or Charin, Jean Charin. Um, with Documentary Now, I thought that was pretty, pretty good, good, actually. Not bad. Um, that man whose voice I love to say, Mark Boston Burgess, uh, with Get Jimmy Carter. A little play on the great UK crime movie Get Carter, which if you haven't seen, you should see. It's pretty good. But you know, getting, Jim- getting Jimmy with it. <laughs> oh, 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 that's even better. Put yourself on the leaderboard, Dando. Give yourself a I'm prize. I'm entering the contest. I'm going to win. <laughs> Player one has entered the game. Uh, what else we got here? Owen Holland with Simpsons Christmas Boogie Nights. I thought that was mm, pretty not good. Not bad. This episode actually maybe because I've been getting a few vinyl lately i've got a bluetooth record player so now i can finally play the records that i've got and i've been getting a lot of um movie scores movie score on vinyl is my thing at the moment nice. and um i watched this episode and i was like man i'd really love to have the simpsons on vinyl because i i can't find it anywhere just the score for the simpsons so you mm. can find like simpsons songs that have appeared throughout the episode and you can actually find the score and the soundtrack for the simpsons video games but just the tv show i can't find uh-huh. it anywhere i just want the score like, i mean you can get some some of the scores when they, they played it during the, the credits or whatever, and you can find those, but just the, you know, the Simpsons, you know, the, the classic, uh, which is usually like the music that they play when the, yeah, a new day is starting or something. I just, I just want the musical score of the Simpsons. It's and I easier to find. find. It's easier to find Do the Bartman than it is the actual Danny Elfman music or Alf Clausen. Yeah, yeah. I wish, I wish they would, um, I wish they would actually do it, release it. I think it'd be great. I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people would be, um, clamoring for that. Yeah. Well, you've got the ear of you know the big wigs at uh, at the Cracker Factory. I mean, by which I mean Simpsons HQ. You mean you know send a tweet or two or fire off an email saying, "Hey, come on, come on, guys, do right by Dando." There's two. There's two things that I feel like I'm going to make happen one day. For, oh. The first of which being that <laughs> I've just decided now. The second which of which one? being sorry, what was the first one? The, oh, that, no, so yes. the, the first was shown, and the second one being. The Simpsons hit and run being remastered. It's been discussed for years. A lot of the people who work on the show have been saying that they'd like to do it. I am telling you right now, I will somehow make that happen because I want that to happen. And if I want something to happen, I usually do. <laughs> That's true. You are one of those people who, you know, if you will it, it is no dream. You're very you're very good at manifesting. Dander. I set my goals very low, and that's why I'm always able to achieve them. <laughs> that's my that's my philosophy of success. <laughs> Keep your expectations in check. Um, <laughs> what else have we got here? Um, our man Gear Harahill had, mm. had a couple of uh, a couple of good ones. So Garo um, gets no more points. I'm not saying that. Ooh. I'm just saying these might be honourable mentions. I'm just I'm going to keep you hanging on. But I think he he was on a bit of a theme. I think he liked to rhyme yellow with show. So he's got the yellow must go on because the that's good. Is a yellow. Yeah. And no business like yellow business. So, yeah, not bad, not bad. Not bad by the gear man. Um, and uh, Jimmy Faruja. I'll, uh, see, you've got me saying Faruja, putting that little role on it now as well. Um, he was a bit but You cheeky. can actually do it, right? Just pretend. 
Have you heard yourself say Jimmy Farusha? You're pretty good at it. No, I'm not at all. You're, you're quite good at it. It's like, it's like you're from Barcelona or something. Or What did he say? Or, um, he was a bit cheeky. Uh, he thought we should rename this episode Homer's Odyssey. There's a name of a very fine book available at all, where all good books are sold. Yeah, and um, a Biggin's Simpsons Guide. <laughs> Uh, but yes, they were the honourable mentions. But let's before get to be, them. before before you get into your three, two, one. I actually tweeted out to our non-patrons so they can contribute as well. So oh, four, yes. at at Four Figure Pod, make sure you follow us on Twitter. Guy and I are regularly going on there. And if you go on there uh, quite regularly, you'll find discussions that we have with actual Simpsons creators and writers who are still working on the show. So you know Matt Salmon and Mike Scully contributed to this week's uh, show, which I'll discuss well, later. But um, they t- they talk to Dando. They don't talk to me. No, if you ask them a question, I'm sure they would respond. <laughs> um, so I just asked for some new names from, from the uh, non-patrons to regular listeners as well, because we love each and every one of you. Uh, what have we got here? Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. They're good friends at the Fellow Simpsons Podcast. I think mm. they're Australian. Uh, they've written here, Behind Closed Doze. Ah. Uh, and Timothy Whitehead has written, so at the Tim Whitehead, he says, Lenny and Carl's, stole- Lenny and Carl's Stolen Kiss. <laughs> uh, this is from at FM Edinburgh. It says the Simpsons colon how the writers got desperate. Oh, I don't know. I think this. I think this is a good episode. And finally, okay, from from Jake. So at Jake WC two three three at Jake C. He says the Simpsons story colon the rise and fall of America's favorite family. So that's pretty much just like a classic documentary title. This is almost like a um. I think Australians were more sort of understood the show. What was it? Uh, a true Hollywood story. I think that was more of a prominent oh, show yeah. in Australia. But that yeah, was a very probably. similar vibe, wasn't it? A, trolley, a true Hollywood story. Yeah. I mean, look, there's always been, uh, you know. Exposés. Exposés. There's always been that kind of thing. But uh, yeah, but really sort of hit its stride with things like Behind the Music and the true Hollywood story. Well, certainly yes. as far as TV was concerned, yeah. But yes, if you're not following us on Twitter, make sure you do. At Four Finger Pod would really appreciate it. Absolutely, we would. All right. Three, two, one. But starting with one. Let's do um, it. Indeed. Well, actually... Look, I, I, I did this maybe last week or maybe a few episodes ago, but we've got a tie for uh, for the one point. Each mm. of these people gets a point each, um, and I think they may be uh, they may be new to the leaderboard. Correct me if okay. I'm wrong, Dando. I'm often wrong. But Tom Pickering does is he a Tom newcomer? Pickering? No, he is one of our new twenty dollars patients. He is not on the leaderboard yet. What has he got for us? Well, Tom, you made it to the uh, the leaderboard with one point for Scenes of Anarchy. Hmm. Good. I quite liked it. Thought it was pretty good. Yeah, very and good. something I thought was just as good was by another possible newcomer to the leaderboard, Kenny Gad. Kenny Key. Gad, yeah, yes, he is not on the board yet. What's Kenny got for us? Oh, Kenny G has got ain't no cure for the Homer Time Blues. <laughs> That's good, Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Kenny G. Um, That's it. That's his name now forever, Kenny G. <laughs> hate to break it to you, Kenny, but <laughs> this is where you're at. Uh, two uh, points go to Andrew Parker. Ooh, Parker. Mm, for Mamma Mia, here we do again. Pretty good. Pretty that, good. I, I, I really love that Home was trying to make Mamma Mia his catchphrase for a <laughs> bit there. I mean, here's the thing. I'm old enough to remember, you know, television in a less enlightened time when racial and cultural stereotypes were often played for fun. So, I mean, I don't know if we, if you had, like, Italian characters actually saying, Mamma Mia! But um, it was pretty close. <laughs> so well, we, had, um, we had Conda Fruta in Australia, didn't we? Oh, God, yeah. It was pretty... Yes. What am I thinking? 
here I'm thinking it's in the ancient past and it's actually in the slightly less ancient part. I was thinking in the ancient past of the 70s and it's more in the ancient past of the 90s. We, we had fat pizza in the 2000s. Well, yeah, but that's more sort of like, yeah, we're reclaiming the term for ourselves. I mean, have you seen Mark Mitchell when he's not con the fruitra? He's like a big, blonde, Caucasian dude. He's, it, he's it, the polar it, opposite it, of con the fruitra. Isn't he like the mayor in Round the Twist? Um, I would know that if I'd watched around the twist. <laughs> okay, what's what's his name? His real name? Mark. Is his Mark. Name? Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell. Round yes. twist. Let's find out. Because I know a lot of our English listeners would be aware of what round the twist is, because it's made its way over the over the pond. Because Nicola oh. watched it when she was growing up. Mark Mitchell. Round the twist. Yeah, he portrays Harold Gribble in Round the Twist. Oh, there you go. Also, Con the Fruit. He's looking very trim these look. days. Is he? Oh, yeah, because mm. he was a he was a bit of a, a big lad, old Mark mm. Mitchell. I mean, I sound like I'm dissing the guy. We back in the nineties, we all got a lot of laughs out of Con the Fruiter, and I'm, as far as I'm concerned, a lot of fruiterers actually thought, "Yeah, Con's pretty good for us." You know, people will come to fresh fruit places and say, "Ah, couple of days," all that kind of stuff, and yeah, we all had a good laugh, and you know, the fruiterers sold some fruit and all that kind of business. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Mamma Mia, here we go again by Andrew Parker. It's two points. It's pretty oh, good. Righty. But is it three points good? Sadly, no. But you know who does get three points this time around? I'm going to take one guess. Give me a Shall D. We... <laughs> <laughs> Give me a D. Give me is an it D. L. L. Gorman. Give me a Again. Gore. Give me a man. D. L. Gorman. Three points. Oh, um, D. L. Gorman. Yeah. Now, he's actually, he had a couple of good ones. Um, one of which was Marge he shot the or sheriff. she? We are unaware. Oh, of course, they. Oh, sorry, DL, yeah. international person of mystery, and um, I think DL on the on the patrons page actually sort of set up a bit of a um, a bit of a poll or yes. a bit of a quiz. It's like, <laughs> what do you think I am? <laughs> Good on you, DL. It's, it's, it's their shtick now. <laughs> it's, it is indeed their shtick. DL came up with uh, Marge shot the sheriff, Homer shot the pilot. I, I thought mm-hmm. that was pretty good. That's, yeah, that's good, but. But what got him, or her, or they, or it, the three points? Uh, no, 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 not, not it. N- never it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't mean... Well, okay. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Can't edit that bit out. <laughs> what got DL the three points was three simple words. Well... I don't know. If it's got a hyphen in there, maybe it's four words. Behind the simps scene, simp scenes. Behind yeah, the simp good. scenes. That's pretty good. Mm. That's good stuff. It's relevant to the episode. It's a nice play on words. It's vintage DL Gorman. What can I say? <laughs> vintage Gorman. Vintage DL. All righty. Well, that is the season 11 new name contest all wrapped up. The top three leaderboard stands as this. Two mm-hmm. points were applied to the total of Andrew Parker, which means, unfortunately, Alistair Danik, you came in fourth position. Sorry, my good friend, but you had a good crack at it. Hopefully, better luck next year. Alistair, you, the, you, you came up with some absolute, well, I won't say winners because you weren't a winner this summer, but some absolute belters. Uh, props to you, and uh, I expect we'll be seeing more of you in the next season. I'm feeling like a, like a footy commentator. Look, did well. You know, but uh, not not quite there at the end. But uh, I'll look looking forward to seeing how he does next season. I'll tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andrew Parker has come in at third position with fourteen points. Well done, Andrew Parker. On your parks. Uh, in second position, Garode Harrowhill. He had a strong lead at the start, but he he fell off that cliff towards the end of the season. I feel like 
I feel like you offended Mr. Davis, and uh, he just decided not to choose you ever. Ab- absolutely not. That you, is, you, fe- fa- you, you fell out of favour with the judges. <laughs> that is far from the case. <laughs> I'm not. Ju- I, I'm not playing the man. I'm playing the ball here. Um, and look, it's it's not so much about the gear wasn't up to it. It's more like DL was was up for it. You know, and look, second is not bad, particularly when you're second gear. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> 20 points to Mr. Gerard Harriher, which means obviously our winner for season 11 is the one and only D.L. Gorman on 24 points. Congratulations, my good friend. Good on you, D.L. Look, yes. look and good, good on to everyone, not just the people on the leaderboard, but everyone who took their time and exercised their imagination to uh, come up with new titles. Um, as I said, some absolute little jewels of hilarity in there. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you're all winners except D.L. Gorman, who is the actual winner. And what D.L. Gorman has won Ooh. is a $100 pop culture gift card. Oh, you will go pop crazy, D.L. You will go pop crazy because pop culture, I mean, that's coming out of my own Back, my the pop culture haven't donated to us, although the good friends of the show, I'm paying for that out of our money because you know we love each, every one of you guys for contributing <laughs> to the show each and every week. And uh, DL Gorman, thank you so much. So, you win $100 pop culture gift card, which you can use to buy some of the array of Simpsons. There's so much because obviously, you guys know I work at pop culture, we got so much Simpsons stuff at work, man. So, you're absolutely or woman, I'm not too sure. Uh, you're <laughs> you, you'll absolutely uh, love spending that, I'm sure. So, yes, $100 mm. pop culture gift card goes to the one and only. DL Gorman. Spend it as you will, my good friend. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much and congratulations for winning. Indeed. One uh, just thing I'd like to point out just quickly, Dando, just a quiet correction to make. Um, you said coming out of our pockets. I think you mean coming out of your pocket. <laughs> that is Well, that is correct. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> we'll split it. Uh, so, you know what? I'm going to read out everyone who made it to the leaderboard. They're going to get their name read out. So, on the leaderboard, we've got this is going to, we're going to draw next week the wild card winner. So, we've got Kenny Gadd, Tom Pickering, Daniel Kotnick, Henrik Winterfield, Francis Lynch, Andrew, uh, yes, Vinterland, uh, Andrew Palakity, Steve Roberts, Luke McKay, Andy Gangler, the old Gangles, Mark Boston Burgess, Andrew Kelly, Tim McFarlane, Pat Wright, Scott Keogh, Brendan Allen, Sean Sowash. Brendan Hedger, Neil Parks, Taylor Lang, David Abbott-Smith, Jordan Ritchie, Jordan Mulman Ritchie, I should say, Christopher Darby, Jimmy Farouja, and Alistair Danik. If your name was just read out, you will be in the draw for next week's season wrap-up episode where we will draw a wildcard winner. What you will win, you shall find out next week. Oh, like Kim Wilde, you just keep them hanging on. Alrighty, Mr. Davis. I think we've uh, done enough talking about the uh, the new names and the trivia and the favourite moments and everything else. Let's get into actually running through this hilarious episode. So, the original air date for Behind the Laughter, the finale of Season 11, Episode 22, which was directed by Mark Kirkland, written by Tim Long, George Meyer, Mike Scully and Matt Salmon. It was originally aired on May 21st, the year 2000. Uh, the chalkboard gag is, I will not obey the voices in my head. The couch gag has the Simpsons all sitting at the couch as normal. Bart puts a coin in a slot on the arm of the couch. And the couch just vibrates and takes them away to wherever they please. Uh, the magic fingers. That is correct. They are certainly handy. So the episode <laughs> kicks off with the Simpsons. I actually thought this was a strange way to start it off. It always threw me. So you watch the intro and then the Simpsons intro starts again. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> 
I was like, did I hit reset? What happened here? But no, it's just a, their yeah, way of like getting a problem with your VHS tape when you're when you're a little kid, or as Disney Plus called a glitch or something. Yeah, it sort of messes with your head a bit. So this was just the brief overview of um of the Simpsons. Uh, so basically, the way they approached this was that the Simpsons was a show created by Homer because he felt that nothing on television really reflected the real world and he wanted to do it. What, what did Marge say? Homer kept saying he could do a more realistic family show. Finally, I said, so do it. Either or get off the pot. And he did. I just I did enjoy how they were showing the um like the Simpsons mania. So they're watching. It looks like New York City or whatever. Marge on the um on the big screen. Look at her vacuum. <laughs> <laughs> Plus they were watching uh, it on a bit on a big on a very big screen. Sony. Oh, sorry. That's, that's oh, one of the, really okay. That's one of the jokes I've always pinched from the Simpsons. I mean, um, if someone's trying to sell me something cheaper, I'll say, "What is it? A Sony?" <laughs> and you know, uh, a maybe, pedophonic. <laughs> Yeah, maybe 40% of the time the person will know what I'm on about and go, hey, good one. And yeah, 60% of the time we're like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Who is this old man and why did you let him talk to me? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you actually buying a television? Don't don't you have a computer? People watch it on that now. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, I like like television. (laughs) I like physical media. (laughs) Yeah. They discuss um they discuss how the show it's just like a little intro to sort of get you to sort of uh tip of your taste buds you know this is what's to come and how the show goes to shit and we get the the Meryl Streep spitting on the photo frame of the family it's something I really liked about it was just a throwaway gag but it I didn't sort of dawn on me until I it was over and then I thought when did I hear that right so I rewound it and that bit about Marge saying they told us what to wear how to dress which clothes to put on I'm like. <laughs> Oh wait a minute! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just thought it was I, to quote Marge. I just thought it was neat. <laughs> there was just so it's going to be hard to review this because everything's like a funny one-liner, but we can't just go through the whole thing saying how funny was this line, how funny was this line, you know? <laughs> oh, can't we? I think that's exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> okay, then, then. straight yourselves in, people. You're in for some one-liners. <laughs> Buckle up! It's just you know. <laughs> This is basically an episode of the Chris Farley show where it's kind of like, hey, remember when you said that line? <laughs> that was great. <laughs> uh, so they really did nail the behind the music intro, though, put the Simpsons spin on it. Like the music, the, even just the, the animation, the design of it, having sort of mm. just wacky moments in the background. I thought it was just fantastic. Yeah, and then sort of just throwing little tweaks into it as well. I mean, that whole... Yeah, the, the, the family picture falling off the mantelpiece and crashing into four bits where they're all sort of separated. But then little hammer comes in a frame and starts beating <laughs> up even more. Well, that was great. You know what I really enjoyed was not so much, not even just the narration, but the little sort of segues to each thing. Like, I, I, I love, there was something that happened in April, and it's like an April calendar coming out of the jack-in-the-box for no reason oh, at yes. all. <laughs> just, just, just like random stupid segues, like, you know, their prayers were met by Satan. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, this is a recommendation maybe to you, but to, to everyone listening as well, there's a, there's um, a great uh, British show that takes the piss out of current affairs shows called uh, The Day Today or This Day Today. Uh, and it's got a follow-on one called Brassard. It's, it's sort of the mastermind. It's masterminded by this guy, Chris Morris, who's like an absolute comic genius. One of the There are a few people that I sort of bow down to. One of them's you, Dando, and one of them is Chris Morris. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but he's he's really good at sort of doing that whole 
taking the taking the piss out of just really overwrought graphics that that current affairs shows use, mm-hmm. but he just takes it to really just bizarre extremes. So, uh, I'm, some some listeners may be well aware of the show, but I mean, I'll try and find some uh, bits and pieces on YouTube that just uh, are good examples of it. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 always a fan of um, yeah when you take the Mickey out of just dumb graphics on current affairs shows because they just seem to work overtime and like. How, you know, how are we going to keep their attention? And you know, it's kind of, kind of like when the Simpsons did rock when they did rock bottom with Rowdy Roddy Peeper. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is where they discuss how the family, you know, how they came to be. The kids came along, and so this essentially is just the Simpsons were a real family who decided to start their own TV show. That's yeah. the way they played this. Marge is helping with the helping the kids. Um, I think. Bart was, I can't remember exactly what Bart was doing, but Lisa, she falls down in the snow. Then it comes oh. to Maggie drawing on Homer, and Marge is just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, forget it. Yeah. You mean, that, that'll be you, you know, when you have the second kid. You'll be kind of like, oh, <laughs> whatever. <Yeah. laughs> um, <laughs> I, home, uh, Bart was actually putting the water hose into the car's petrol tank. That's correct. That's right. Yes. Um, then we get, so this was a really, I really enjoyed this. The you know, I just saw them sitting in front of that, watching that Hollywood hogwash. Our favorite shows were Hollywood Hogwash. <laughs> <laughs> now, not to disrespect our very, very, very good friends at Disney Plus, who we respect and admire a great deal, but this is something I noticed watching the episode on Disney Plus. It didn't ruin the gag so much, but it was kind of like the people doing the subtitling didn't get the gag. Because, I mean, I was watching it with the subs on because I'm old and I can't hear shit. Um, but they had the line with Flanders talking about, oh, they were just watching that Hollywood Hogwash. And he's talking about something not specific. He's not talking about anything just, just, specific. Just stupid he's Hollywood about bullshit. Hogwash. Yeah, yeah. But the subtitler had subtitled Hollywood hogwash when when uh, Flanders was saying it. I'm like, dude, that's the gag. The gag is that Homer is actually watching a show called Hollywood yeah. Hogwash. That's <laughs> yeah. when you that's when you italicize it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm <laughs> otherwise top notch work. Disney Plus, love your work. Uh, you know. <laughs> Keep doing what you you're know, doing. You know what I love the most about Disney Plus and The Simpsons is the the episode descriptions. If you ever want to chuckle, go and watch them. They are you can tell like at the start they gave a shit. And by like season four, then it's, it's like just Homer buys a dog or <laughs> so something like that. <laughs> the person just oh, didn't care anymore. It's a bit like the days at pop culture when well actually when I was working there, I got there. It's like okay, you're writing descriptions of uh, of these various products. I'm like oh sweet, that'll be fun. Oh, you, and- you you cared so much at the start, and then you watched me, and you're like yeah, I don't care anymore. But this is just oh, like, wait a minute. I'm just oh, going to do what this guy does. This guy just doesn't give a shit either. <laughs> it wasn't quite that bad. But it's not- <laughs> I was a very, very negative uh, influence to Mr. Davis. <laughs> well, yeah, but you were powering through like, you know, a hundred descriptions a day and I was doing like six. Because <laughs> I was like, hmm, how do I, how do I, you know, capture the essence of this action figure? Uh, I think I'm going to go after after outside and have a cigarette and a cup of coffee and think about it. <laughs> it was so, so funny though. We used to all feel why, like shit though. Okay, this is why Dando's still working at pop culture, and I am not. <laughs> oh man, it was funny though because you still were respected though because we there was like a room of us all doing descriptions. There was like five five of us. <laughs> And yet, people from upstairs would come down and go, we've got this new product. We want this guy to do the description. And we'd look around going, who's this fucking new guy? 
So you you know you might not have got as much done as what I did, but yours were quality, which was evident in the sense that if they had a choice, they always chose you. Okay, there was quality and quantity, and you know, really, one should aspire to do both. But uh, like Dando, but uh, no, it's just like <laughs> no, I've done my bit of quality for the day. See you guys later. <laughs> Davis, it's 10.05 in the morning. Ta-ta and farewell. (laughs) (laughs) I'm walking in the door saying, quality, not quantity. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Davis way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so the back's power. Isn't that the wrong way? Yeah, but faster. (laughs) Anyway, oh, God. I just wish that really happened. It would have made my day. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> like, where were we anyway, sorry, but yes, um, oh, yeah, they were watching Hollywood Hogwash. They were watching the Malakis, dumbing it down. Sheriff Lowbrow, the Drek Squad, and a, a jab at Home Improvement, which, as Dan and I pointed out, yeah, not cool. Simpsons. We know you're the cool kid on the block at this stage, and Tim Allen is kind of, but um, yeah. know, a lot of a lot of people got their got their jollies from Tim Allen. I actually watched the, the documentary on the Galaxy Quest Blu-ray the other day and it, it was just funny because Tim Allen's like, you know, he admits that he's a massive sci-fi nerd in the documentary and he goes, it's, he goes, it, it always upset me, you know, I'd go to all these online blogs and people were saying how, you know, how much they can't stand my humor and they don't find me funny. But he goes, I always win them over though because they always go, but then he did that Galaxy Quest and he was really good at it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this, this is where we discuss Homer starting the show. Um, we get Marge swearing. Apparently, a lot of the Marge swearing was going to be more um, prominent in the episode, but then he kept it down to one swear word, one mm. censorship. I think that was the, probably shocking enough for Simpsons yeah, fans yeah. to hear Marge even say, even drop an S-bomb. Well, we have Marge say, I'm so fucking embarrassed in the Treehouse of Horror <laughs> episode with Jerry Springer. But oh. um, yes, we, get, we watched the pilot with Homer trying to cram the Mamma Mia down our throats. Also, liked uh, this is just me being a film geek here, but uh, I like mm. they refer to Homer as a, as a penniless peckinpaw. That's a shout out to the great uh, 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 filmmaker Sam Peckinpah, who made some of the most violent movies ever, like The oh, Wild okay. Bunch and uh, what else? Well, what else? Uh, Straw Dogs. And, you know, it was very big in the, uh, the 60s, 70s and early 80s. Uh, mm. Sam was a bit of a wild man. Um enjoyed a drink, uh, but he also enjoyed putting blood and guts on screen, and he came up with one of the best movie titles ever, Bring Me the Head of Alfredo Garcia. So, oh, um, yes. Yes. So um, a nice shout-out to Sam Peckinpah by the, by the show, and um, a nice shout-out to uh, the show by me. So let's move <laughs> on, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Homer has gone to pitch the idea for his show to Fox. Well, we pitched it to other places, but though they all say no. Telemundo says, says no. Yes, that's right. And then Marge's hairdresser is the president, I think, president of Fox, something along those lines. I believe so. And they get their foot in the door, and this is where we get Murdoch signing his name, which I just thought was amazing. I just got here, guy loves this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They rise to instant fame as a result because there's nothing like it on television. So this is sort of taking off the whole Simpsons menu of the early 90s, this whole section of the episode, but discussing kids wearing Bart T-shirts and whatnot. Yes, including one that says, life begins at conception, man. It's like Yeah, I know. Uh, everyone ends with man. It's just hilarious. So this is where they realize that, and I, I, I think I like this part almost the most. So it was taking the Mickey out of the, the earlier scripts. 
So, you know, Bart saying, or Homer saying, let's go out for frosty chocolate milkshakes and Bart saying, mm. cowabunga. And Bart saying, these scripts suck. We never would have said this. And that's what they used to say in the shorts, the Tracy Ullman shorts. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, that that's what the, the real, you know, early Simpsons episodes, those five-minute shorts are known for, let's go out and get some frosty chocolate milkshakes. Okay. But the fact that they're saying here that, that no one realistically says that, I just like that they'll poke fun at themselves in that way. Oh, yeah. And I like as well, because, I mean, we've, we've talked about um, the whole choking thing. You know, yeah, it's a bit yeah. Of, it's a bit of a Simpson staple, you know, that, uh, that Homer will, you know, basically throttle Bart. And, you know, there have been occasions where it's like, eh, that's funny. And occasions where it's like, that, that choking's going on a bit long. I think he's, you know, <laughs> he's approaching brain death. Um, and to have Bart sort of chuckling about <laughs> that horrible act of child abuse, you know, and I don't know, it's a, it's a good bit of self-awareness. Sorry, Dan, you're probably going to talk about all this, but... Uh, no, no, go for it. I, I, just it nice, <laughs> I just thought it was a nice bit of self-awareness on the on the part of the show. You know, they're sort of having their cake and eating it too because, I don't know, I think we all enjoy it when Bart gets choked. And um, But sometimes, you know, sort of go, eh, should I be laughing at this? So but for them to it's, sort it's of- It's okay um, now because Bart's in on the joke. Yeah, to acknowledge it as a yeah, as a, a horrible act of child abuse, which is nonetheless consensual. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it takes the load off our shoulders a little bit maybe. So there's lots of Simpsons merch, Simpsons gin, and all the family rolling on their piles and piles of money, including the pets, even the fish is getting in on the deal. <laughs> and they've got so much money now that Homer has bought MC Hammer's house, and there was a room full of MC Hammer's parachute pants. Now, so a good friend of the show, Matt Schofield, an Australian animator who uh, made his way to the Simpsons during this time, he animated Bart doing the dance in this. It was one ah. of the first things he actually animated for the show. So shout out to Matt Schofield, our good friend. Um, we have to get him on the show again sometime because um, yeah, he's an absolute champion. But yeah, he tweeted us yesterday saying that, yes, he worked on this episode and that was the thing that he remembers the most was the Bart doing the... <laughs> Hammer had a very a very brief time in the sun, I think. I mean, it, it was basically three or four years for Hammer and, it, and that was it. Yeah, I mean, it was, what was it, like 88, 92, really? Was it, or was it, not, it was 1990, actually, was when the song came I, out, wasn't it? Or was it a bit earlier? I think You Can't Touch This was probably either 89 or 90. I thought it was, because I think it's always in like top 90s countdowns. I think it like just snuck in. Yes. I think that that and Ice Ice Baby are kind of like the sound of the 90s. Um, And then, you know, he had his, well. Oh, it it was was released January 13th, 1990. Please, I don't hurt him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, or whatever. So, he he had that and then he had Too Legit to Quit, which I think was the end of 91 or something. Uh, and God, that was so. I mean, the hype around that was so huge when it was released. And but I don't know if I've talked about this in the past. I mean, but it's one of my sort of not formative pop culture memories. And I hope you don't mind me sort of going off on a bit of a tangent here. No, go for it. But I remember. I think I was living in Hong Kong at the time, and my I was staying with my sister, and and she actually had MTV, like uh, Hong Kong MTV. And the the clip for Too Legit to Quit had come out and it was just like an absolute monster. You'd tell that so much money had gone into it. And I thought Too Legit to Quit was actually a pretty catchy tune. But then almost immediately afterwards, like, now we've got this clip by this new band called Nirvana. It smells like Teen Spirit. And it was kind of like, oh, I think things are going to be a bit different. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Hammer's going to be the sound of the 90s as much as maybe Nirvana is. You feel that? It's the winds. They're a-changing. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, um, so yeah, I think by the time 2000 come around, there was probably enough. Uh, I think it's. I think Hammer's someone we can probably take the piss out of. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so Bart's done his Hammer dance and 
Krusty here, the embittered comedy legend. <laughs> this leads to the Simpsons recording the album. So this is what gave me the um the idea that the Simpsons should do an album. So I know they did Simpsons sing the blues, which is what this is obviously taking off, and it was mm. just Simpsons doing their own original songs. And it's actually some of them are really good. That's where Deep Deep Troubles on there and whatnot, and it was recorded by okay. by Geffen Records. Um, ah. to, to find it now, some can sell. For like uh, up to a hundred dollars now on eBay, I've seen it sell for. But I'll, I'm kicking myself because we have the um Danny the Pop Culture Gallery here in North Geelong. We've got the the antique market, and I remember seeing it there one day. Oh yeah, and it was only like fifteen dollars, and I didn't have the cash on me. And I thought, ah, oh, well, I, my, I didn't have the pin for my card. And I was like, ah, oh, bugger it. I'll come back. <laughs> I went back the next day, and it was gone. And I've, I've always oh. regretted that. I'll go a little later. I'll go a little <laughs> later. <laughs> <laughs> So the Simpsons sing the blues on LP is something I certainly want, but yeah, they should sim- certainly release the Simpsons score. Simpsons movie score as well would be cool. Just come on, Simpsons people, mm. release those damn vinyls for Dando. <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn vinyls for Dando! I think we should make that a hashtag. Yes. Um, so yeah, so the Simpsons are doing their own music and they're releasing, they're winning awards, and Ozzy Osbourne's not happy about it. He bites the head off the statue, much like the bat. That was actually one of my que- one of one of my questions. What did? Um- yeah, Simpsons Christmas Boogie win the best award for best hardcore thrash metal. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that, it's pretty good. That, that wasn't actual Aussie though, was it? I was looking for his name in the credits. I think that was no a cast no. member, probably yes, Hankle, yep, yep. Harry or someone. <laughs> so we come back from commercial. And the Simpsons are still riding high. By the end of their first season, the Simpsons were burning up Nielsen boxes in the U.S. and creating a sensation overseas. Hello, Mister Lobster. I got a good kick out of the Queen <laughs> enjoying The Simpsons. Absolutely. Again, sorry, just a, it's a, a quick. <laughs> here's what Guy read in the news today because, you know, he can't think of stuff for himself. But, um, you know, the movie Flash Gordon, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, Flash. Uh, well, the guy who played Voltan is this actor named Brian Blessed or Blessed. Um, he's still going strong. You know, he's Gordon's alive. That guy. Um, apparently he got, uh, knighted by the queen either recently or not long ago, but he was, oh, Flash Gordon's in the news. Cause it's been like 40 years since it's released. There's a bland, brand new, like Blu-ray or 4k coming out, which I'm going to get. I'll tell you that much. Um, but apparently Brian was saying, you know what? Do you know what the queen's favorite movie is? It's Flash Gordon. I'm like, Brian, I think it might be. You know, I think she might have been being nice to you, or maybe take, or maybe taking the piss. But wouldn't that be nice though if the Queen was actually, you know, both getting a, a giggle out of the Simpsons, and you know, like, oh, it's been it's been a hard day of you know knighting people and I don't know covering up for my sex pest son Prince Andrew. Um, I think I'm going to put my feet up and watch Flash. Oh, I mean, wouldn't it be great if the Queen was just sitting in Buckingham Palace right now watching Flash Gordon? <laughs> oh, it would, make, it would make me so happy. And like, just and the, just the wholehearted laugh. Like, it, just, it just made me so happy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's basically emphasizing that everyone on the planet Earth was enjoying The Simpsons at this point. Even the Queen was enjoying it. Um, Absolutely. The parade where they steal the thunder from the Pope and Santa and whatnot. Then we get the little, uh, the little mention here from Mo. This was fantastic. <laughs> Oh, Homer was spending money like a teenage Arab. <laughs> he bought me a Rolex and uh, cashmere jeans. I felt kind of guilty because I was always trying to squall with his wife. <laughs> so when do we start filming? Oh. Even Bart was throwing dough around. He paid me and Carl a thousand bucks to kiss each other. 
Hey, did we ever get that money? Lenny and Carl there, the, the look on Lenny's face when he realizes, wait a minute, we never got paid for that kiss is so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we discuss Homer jumping the gorge. His rehabilitation, he got hooked on painkillers, and that's where, that's why, sorry, he's able to uh, perform all the stunts that we see on the show up to this point, particularly in the later seasons. Uh, and it's just a really nice cover-up. Just, just the fact, it was just sort of, this I guess is the writer's way of just sort of coming out and saying, we know what you don't like. But, you know, just just come on, just accept it. Yep. It's, it's a, yeah. it just, you're fans of the show. Here's it, some sort of explanation for it. Can we just move on, people, and just enjoy it? It's still making you it's laugh, It's the Simpsons, right? guys. Come on. You know. Yeah, yeah. Homer's line here. What was even more like a drug was the drugs. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, the family, though, they're wasting lots of money. So they're making millions, but they're spending lots and lots more than that. And Marge, she spent most of it on putting her face on birth control products because, you know, when people reach for a diaphragm, the last thing you want to see is Marge's frowning face. <laughs> oh, man. So then we get here. I, I did enjoy this too. So, you know, they started off with just them, then the cast ballooned, which means the expenses increased. And it's just poking fun at themselves how big the, the, the cast was. And they included the iconic poster as one of the, the still shots there, which is on oh, yeah. the podcast studio wall here. I think every hardcore Simpsons fan has got that poster somewhere in their house or has had it in their house at some <laughs> point. It's just got all the characters on it from the golden era. It's um, it's a fantastic poster. It's, it's one of my favorites. Uh, then we get Wiggum trying to do his catchphrase. I'd never acted before in my life, but uh, if the sea captain could be in the show, why not me? I've even got a catchphrase. Yeah. Wah, 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 wah. Now I lost it. That's seriously just, oh my god! There's no way uh, I could. Ha, they must have just laughed so hard watching Hank do that. A poo here. This is a classic take on people like when they're trying to be anonymous. Homer dobbing, oh, uh, poo yeah. dobbing in Homer. <laughs> you can see his silhouette. You know, you can hear his voice and everything. Uh, but I, don't, I was, don't know how far along technology had come. You know, sort of masking technology had come when you were watching TV as a kid. But back in the 80s or so when they had like, um, we've disguised this person's identity or whatever, and it was like pixelated. It's like there was this urban legend going around. It's like, if you squint your eyes just enough, you can tell who it is. <laughs> <laughs> so there were, there's this whole generation of kids who probably you know, grew up watching Today Tonight or Current Affair or whatever, watching it squinty like that Leonardo DiCaprio Inception meme. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and trying to make out who, who Lawyer X is or whatever. And all their voices were like, it's Mr. McAllister, the father. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the cast has ballooned and everything. And, but, so Homer's been skipping his, uh, his taxes, not paying the tax man. And it's where they take away his house, which contains his pot pig. And I actually felt really sorry for Homer here. He seems so sad. Oh, absolutely. A poor old, well, yeah, I mean, who wouldn't be... Saddened by the loss of Mr. Porky, the the uh, the pig. Um, exactly. th- this was the bit though where they sort of they vacuumed all the gold off him, right? Mm, yep, yep, yep. I could have done without the nipple ring, so I got to say, yeah, the nipple rings. <laughs> so things things are starting to fall apart here. The cracks are starting to show. Couch gag issues. Bart's too busy booking himself a Team Wolf three, and then Lisa's saying, "Aren't there child labour laws? Who told you about those laws?" <laughs> <laughs> And they mentioned here the gimmicky premises. So this was the, a nice cover for the uh, the principal Skinner fiasco with the oh, principal yeah. the pauper. Yeah, I'm was it actually from that? That was actually from that episode. Yeah, yeah. it was actually from that episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the shameless guest. So it was just literally their way of saying we know we're listening. We know what what's mm-hmm. been happening. But come on, guys, let's just 
all appreciate that we're the Sims is still on TV and let's just move on. Um, yes. Richie Rich replaced the bar and after he was arrested <laughs> and whatnot. The family then appeared to uh, although they appear at a live show, the Iowa State Fair. Yeah, I love the, the narrator here goes, it's one they would never forget or would they? No. <laughs> it was an evening none of them would ever forget. Or would they? No. Hello, Iowa. Does anyone have a donut? <laughs> now, Homer, this is no time to be thinking about food. Yeah, forget the donuts. We're here to go nuts. Musically, that is. What kind of song should we play? Something that swings with the beat of New Orleans. No, something that rocks. That's the sound of today. Swings. Rocks. Swings. Rocks. Sadly, this argument was not part of the act. I'll kill you. You don't have the guts, little man. Folks, we're just having a little family tiff, if you'll just bear with us. Oh, shut up. Always trying to act so mature. I'm glad you make the least money. Oh, that's it. Before a riot could break out, Jimmy Carter came to the rescue with his comedy breakdancing. Got a brother named Billy, and my teeth look silly. Break it down now. Jimmy Carter there with the old breakdancing. Not bad little crowd pleaser. Yeah, and then, that's what, Jimmy. And then, of course, was the dream really over? Yes, it was. was. Or was it? It's <laughs> just so good. You're hooked on that gag. Homer has a new hobby, dusting and polishing mixing boards. <laughs> <laughs> we come back from commercial now, and this is this is what I think is where the show, we mentioned at the start, it sort of felt like it was running out of steam. It just sort of, I don't know, it just, the, the joke was sort of beyond its expiration at this point. I was just like, yeah, it's, it's been good, but now I'm just kind of over it. Um, yeah. So the show's been put on hiatus. It's been replaced with shows like Peeping It Real, which is a great name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they've all started their own solo projects. So Homer's doing the theatre and Bart's doing Renegade. Marge has got her own nightclub act. And Lisa, which you would expect, has got the tell-all book and you know yeah. she's been given anti-growth hormones. It's um, uh, Snitches get stitches, Lisa. It's one of those books, though, where I feel like if they actually released this as an actual book, it'd be really funny to read. <laughs> a fake, a fake expose by Lisa Simpson. Well, sorry. I mean, um, I remember that something when Twin Peaks came out in like the early nineties. There was like the Secret Diary of Laura Palmer that came out as the um, oh, okay, as like yeah. a companion thing. It was huge. It was it was even bigger than the show. <laughs> so yeah, really? I mean, um, yeah, I, I reckon. Well, probably wasn't big in the show, but it was very popular. Um, cool. Yeah, I reckon. Get, yeah, get a few of the Simpsons writers who actually write leases behind the uh, behind the scenes book. You can have an absolute ball with it. 100%. Grandpa here mentions that, you know, things are getting very tense. Abe <laughs> th- Simpson, it- coot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> at Thanksgiving dinner, um, he's sitting at the kids' table, but all, they've all brought their, um, their solicitors. So what, what are they calling over there? They're lawyers. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so th- things have just gone to absolute shit. So Hibbert, Hibbert the meddler, <laughs> steps in. And he gets his old, uh, own old dorm mate, Willie Nelson, to come in, create the fake New Awareness Awards, which is a fantastic title, the New Awareness Awards. <laughs> and um, and it's just a way to get the Simpsons to reunite without them realizing. And Did you hear that the guy was playing Dr. Zayas on like, the keyboard thing as, as the show started, the, the award no. show? It was like, and he said, a loving tribute to Falco. I was like, okay, whatever. Oh, well, there was a guy named, there was an artist named Taco 
who uh, did like a, a electronic version of putting on the Ritz. Okay. Putting on the Ritz. Um, and there was a guy named Falco. Falco did do Commissar, man. Have you? Do you know the song Do Commissar? I probably do, but not Don't turn around, uh-oh. The commissars no. in town, uh-oh. That's a guy nah, named... See, he, did rock, he did Rock Me Amadeus. The, the, oh, okay, I know that. Well, see, the 80s is my weak point, man. Eight, like, 80s oh, pop. Okay. I know 80s rock, but 80s pop, it's just not my thing. I mean, I'm big <gasps> on 60s, 70s, but... 80s. I've just, I've just, I just could. I mean, I know that sounds blasphemy to you because that was your your peak teenage years, but just, I don't know, just, just can't get into it. Uh, you folks, you've been listening to the very last episode of Four Figure Discount, <laughs> Dando and Guy. <laughs> uh, but the family all hug it out, and the future is bright for the Simpsons now, thanks to Willie Nelson reuniting them. And they reveal here that they're a Northern Kentucky family, and there was a fantastic. Um, gif that was sent through because I asked the people on Twitter what they thought of the episode and one person wrote that when they heard him say that the narrator that they posted the gif of um, Di- DiCaprio getting out of his chair and once upon a time like pointing like <laughs> I heard that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also so I mean uh, I'm a as you know I'm a sucker for any gag that uh, involves Rupert Murdoch uh, also, one of my well, one you know, my favourite line was, of course, the one about I thought the cop was a prostitute. But anytime anyone does a good Woody Allen impersonation, I know Woody Allen's kind of persona non grata these days. But uh, anytime you sort of do that kind of voice, it just cracks me. I was like, I, I just knew it was too good to be true, and he just throws away all his new awareness awards. <laughs> so yeah, that was a bit of a kick for me. Yeah. yeah, and then it cuts to, you know, the show will go on for a long time. <laughs> Editing room. <laughs> this will be the last season. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. And finally, we've got to mention it up to this point, but my goodness, is it great. I was so gay, but I couldn't tell anyone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and this is something we... I know we're talking about pop culture a bit here, but it's something we always talked about when we had, um, you know, various Hanna-Barbera characters or you know figures or whatever of them and you know we never thought huckleberry ham was gay snagglepuss or is always the one who's yeah, super gay he's got, the, he's got the very camped name uh voice hasn't he yeah he certainly does he's exit stage left even you know? <laughs> 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 oh, i love oh, snagglepuss man, fantastic <laughs> so so good but yeah i just that that huckleberry thing i completely forgot about it just came out of left field it's so good <laughs> it was good i mean it's just, it's just he's so sort of resi- i was so gay i was so gay <laughs> <laughs> um but yes all in all this was an episode that was just a true delight for me that as i've mentioned the, the ending felt a little bit just like whatever I, I, the, the first act and a half in particular was just sensational so many one-liners just a great it, you can tell that the writers had so much fun putting this together and apparently there was no drafts. They just sort of whipped it up and made it happen. Oh, and nice. Yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just incredible. Oh, well, incredible is a strong word. It's not incredible, but, you know, it's just so amazing. different. It, yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's just, it's just a, yeah, it is an amazing episode. It's just a great, it's a great way to wrap up the series. It would have been, it would have been a very fitting finale. I think if this is where the show ended, people would have gone, yep, that's fine. Mm. I'll take that. I mean, it didn't include... A whole range of the um of the the subcast, but like the side characters, but it included yeah. enough of the key ones, the key characters. You got you know, like Mo and Lenny, Carl and Grandpa and Krusty, and Wiggum and whatnot. So like yeah. there was enough the there B-team. where I feel like people would have been satisfied with this being the the end. I think. Yeah, well, it's enough to get you thinking about how will the Simpsons actually end? You know, if it if it chooses to you know shut its doors one of these days. 
which is something we'll talk about at some stage, I'm sure. Jamil! Jamil is here! Mailbag time. Okay, Mr. Davis, this week we've got a few questions come through, um, mainly to do with you know behind-the-scenes aspects of shows and movies and whatnot. So the first question here comes from our man, Henrik Vinterland. He says, if you can go behind the scenes and watch the filming of any movie or TV show, which would it be? Ooh, it's a very good question. I'm going to let you answer first because I think you uh, you you've probably got a very uh, a very good answer to this one. Mm, I don't. I just <laughs> I um <laughs> I, 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 I'd love to go behind the scenes of Jaws and be that guy on set trying to offer suggestions on how to fix the shark, even though I know it's oh. not going to work. <laughs> Maybe if you try this, and Spielberg's like, "Will you shut up?" <laughs> George, yeah, I mean, George just sounded like an absolute shit show. It really, did. I mean. Um, <laughs> Because, I mean, Spielberg, I think, was only in his mid to late 20s when he was doing it. I mean, it was his... He'd made... Like, a, he'd done a bit of TV work and maybe made one movie before it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it sort of... Things just got out of hand and you just hear oh, all these terrible, terrible stories about, uh, yeah, trying to make the shark work, but also trying to work with the actors. I mean, Robert Shaw, who played Quint, was apparently drunk most of the time. But Yeah, uh, like, legitimately just hung... Like- Intoxicated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, and you, of course, Jaws is one of your favourites. You know, how the relationship between Quint and Hooper, how they're just quinters on his ass all the time. And that was basically what Robert Shaw was like with Richard Dreyfus. He was that was just, legit. You know, yeah. Yeah, just giving him grief from go to woe. Um, oh, golly. I mean, um, I actually would have loved to have been on the set when uh i I know they didn't record it this way but just say david prowse said i am your father i know that's not how it recorded but i would have loved to have been on the set and not known about it and just have everyone, <laughs> in the room, everyone in the room just going oh imagine well, being one of the imagine being one of those people that knew but couldn't tell anybody it would have been just oh so hard <laughs> yeah because apparently well when they filmed empire strikes back apparently they didn't actually have like it was a different line or something along yeah, those Pr- lines. prowse i think prowse said obi-wan is your father or something yeah and which point, you know, Mark Hamill was like, no. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what would I like to be on? I'd, I imagine the set of The Godfather would be a bit of a treat. Um, yeah. Yeah, the more you sort of hear about it, I mean, apparently, yeah, look, I think with a lot of, uh, well, a lot of classics like that, particularly ones from the 70s, there was a lot of turmoil behind the scenes and a lot of sort of creative differences and all that. But uh, the more I I've sort of read about The Godfather, and I've got a Actually, a really good book. Uh, I think it's just called The Godfather Book or something, but it's a dirty <laughs> the great Godfather hardback. Semicolon book. <laughs> the book. Um, <laughs> but it's full of script notes and you know, behind the scenes photos and all that kind of stuff. It's a really fantastic book. But mm. um, yeah, the cast was. Uh, they all had each other's background. They're all sort of breaking each other's balls. They were all sort of mooning each other all the time, apparently. Um, uh, you know, Marlon Brando would drop his pants at the drop of a hat and just, you know, sort of moon people just to get a reaction. So, I mean, that's not exactly the first thing that would be on my list to want to see on a set, but uh, I'd get the feeling that would be kind of fun. And I think the catering would be just marvellous as well. I think you'd have really good pasta all the time on the Godfather set. <laughs> I feel like Heat would have been a good movie to have seen behind the scenes. It? Oh, no, the- no, Heat. Oh, Heat. I thought you said It with the clown. I'm like, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like like that um that bank heist in in heat, man. Oh god, as long as you brought your earplugs, absolutely. <laughs> it's like, it just seems like that's going to be one of my favorite heists in the history of film. It's just so good. I mean, it's not fun like your your Ocean's 11 kind of heist, but it's just men with guns. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
I've forgotten how many. We when Mitch and you and I sort of talked about it a well a while back now. What a, maybe two years ago. I think we were talking about how you know, it was actually filmed on the streets of LA over the course of a few weekends, and don't know if they'll use. I don't think they use live ammo, but I mean, all the all that you hear in heat with the with that shootout is like actually recorded on the streets. So I mean, it's not uh, it's not dubbed over or anything like that. So God, it would have been amazing to be, yeah, just sort of in the neighborhood when they were filming that. That would have been incredible. I also would have loved to have seen just watched Robin Williams performing the genie for Aladdin. Oh, just in the uh, in in the voiceover booth or whatever. God, yeah, be, yeah. Because I mean, we watched like the old that, classic. Uh, Go sorry. No, it'd be like that. Uh, the cartoon Tasmanian Devil, just sort of you know, watching this human hurricane just go to work. Yeah, I mean, this is we watch many of the old Disney films now. I say old. I mean, like early nineties, like that Toy Story and things like that, like Pixar. And I um, I, I sort of there's one scene where. Buzz says something about, you know, how he's got to rescue the planet or whatever. And Woody just says, like, uh, Tom Hanks just goes, you are a toy. And I would have loved to have just watched Tom Hanks act that line because it's my favorite line in the whole film, the delivery of it. He's just flabbergasted. He's so exhausted. But just watching Tom Hanks act that scene out would have been so great. Uh, yeah, I mean, the one thing I do miss about, uh, I mean, Tom Hanks is, you know, consistently turning out really good performances in just about any genre. But I mean, I miss when he did comedies because I mean, he always sort of, he always got very flustered, and it was always very funny when he did. I mean, you know, whether it's you know, I just love it in Turner and Hooch when the the dogs in the car and starts you know ripping up this. Don't eat the car, not the car. (laughs) (laughs) But he always had that real. He'd throw in that sort of high pitched voice or whatever, and it was it was always a real hoot. Yeah. Alrighty, next question comes from uh, Andrew Parker says, what has he got? How would a Behind the Laughter documentary work about Four Finger Discount? How would it play out? Oh, well, you know, first of all, there'd be this, the ongoing animosity between me and Mitch. (laughs) (laughs) It'd be be like that show, Mitch and I doing the podcast and you watching through the window really angrily. (laughs) (laughs) One day it'll be mine. One day. Um... Well, here's the thing, though. I mean, I imagine that the one with you and Mitch, the well, yes, four finger discount, the early years would be yeah a really interesting one uh, because I mean yeah it's the creation of it all. It's like Batman Begins, except it's four finger discount begins. And I mean, in the year that uh, well, we come well actually not even a year in the sort of half a year that I've been on it full time, it's been kind of distant actually because I mean. You know, I think we recorded a few episodes in the same room together, but then, you know, things got a bit, <laughs> a bit virusy, and we had to sort of, you know, start doing it remotely the way we're doing it now. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if it'd be that interesting. It'd be me, me sort of walking around the house in my pajamas, <laughs> occasionally recording. <laughs> I feel you like know, I may have seen you in the flesh like three times since we started doing the show together. <laughs> I think that's probably the case. <laughs> and, you know, meanwhile, back at, uh, at Shea Dando, it's, you know, you sort of uh, setting up the recording and, uh, you know, keeping Elliot away from the door when he gets a bit loud and um, <laughs> all that kind of business. So, yeah, I, I don't think it'd be quite as uh, intense or tense or anything like that. Um, I think it'd just be, hey, mate, how you doing? Doing all right? <laughs> all good. All right. 
Let's record. Okay, cool. Done. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to I'm sorry to make it sound less dramatic than it actually is, folks. But you know, it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, well oiled machine. Thanks to the uh, organisational skills of one Brendan Danzo. <laughs> Joel Yelland, what's his question? What are some of your favourite documentaries, current or past? We've we've sort of touched on this uh, um, topic in the Guy and Dando show we did a while back, talking about our favourite movie documentaries behind the scenes I think yeah. I, my, my favourite's always been Empire of Dreams the Star Wars one I really dig that one um, and it, which is also now available on Disney Plus I believe I think I saw it there when I was watching Ooh. Star Wars the other day it was like a recommended thing I thought oh cool they got their, cool. It's, it's almost like a movie in itself it goes for about two and a half hours so that one's really mm. really good what about yourself? Well, if we're talking about sort of movie-related ones, I think I've, I was always a huge fan of the uh, the behind-the-scenes stuff on the Lord of the Rings yep. uh, yeah, DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're marvellous, and they're just, they're probably longer than the movies themselves, which is really saying something. Um, likewise, I'm, not sure about, the- I'm not sure about TV show ones. There aren't that many. It's, it's, a, it's mainly like a true Hollywood story, that kind of thing. It's not... Yeah. I mean, the, the Seinfeld DVDs have good little sort of like five-minute behind-the-scenes looks at each episode, but they're not full-fledged documentaries. No, not really. And I mean, if we're talking about other documentaries, I mean, there are three, oh, three around the same thing that I really like. Um, it's a bit bit sort of dark material, but I, I find them really compelling. Um, they're called Paradise Lost. Mm-hmm. And they're basically about, it's yeah, pretty grim stuff, about a, a murder of a young, uh, well, a few young children in, um, oh, it's some American state, like, South Dakota or South Carolina. Look, forgive me, folks. I'm sorry, I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, these three young, I think I guess they're teenagers, are sort of railroaded into confessing to the murders because they're all, it's very middle America and it's all very sort of straight-laced. And these guys are sort of budding young uh, heavy metal fans and all that kind of stuff. They've got long hair. They wear a lot of black. And they're basically like, well, they must worship Satan and therefore they probably committed these murders and whatever. And, you know, they got sent to jail. And uh, the documentary sort of follow the, they do a bit of digging into the case and they do have a lot of interviews with all the people involved. I mean, they got great access. And it basically shows what a miscarriage of justice it was for these uh, for these three young men. It's, it's, it's really good stuff. I'm, I'm not sure if it's on any streaming service. It might be on Netflix, uh, but it's, it's certainly available if you look around. But yeah, what, Paradise what's it called? Lost. Paradise, Paradise Lost. Lost. Yeah, yeah, absolutely worth checking out. I mean, it's hard going. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. Uh, but it's great. I mean, it's sort of like Netflix does a lot of those kind of documentaries now about sort of true crime stuff. But this, uh, I think these were made in, I think in the late 90s. So they kind of um, were a little bit ahead of the curve. I remember, yeah, just, I remember seeing them yeah, back in either the late 90s or the early 2000s and just being sort of yeah, really blown away. They're good stuff. I just want to correct myself. There is a Seinfeld documentary on one of the DVDs. I think it's like Seinfeld, How It Began or something, which goes like well over an hour, which was really, really good. Oh, okay. Really good insight into how the show all came together. Um, that's worth a watch if you're a fan of the show. Cool. Alrighty, Let's go a couple more questions before we wrap up. Alrighty, So, Catherine Walmsley says, if you had to pick someone famous to live with you, who would you choose? I'm going to go with my man crush, Keanu Reeves, because he seems like he'd be a, a very easy roommate. He'd be very easy going. He'd be, you know, he's willing to compromise here and there. But he'd also be the kind of person that when you walk down the street, you're getting free shit. Absolutely. I'm wondering who... Um how long you'd be living with this person as well. I mean, I think we need to sort of set some parameters here. Um, I think I'd be I think I'd be keen to live with Brad Pitt. He seems like a fairly cool, chill individual. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, someone who, you know, just, you know, is fairly laid back, just, uh, you know, likes a you know, bit of good conversation, bit of a, you know, just a, yeah, just a chill dude. He, he strikes me as in the in the way that Keanu is. So, um, yeah, how so often? How often bit- would how often would you put things in boxes that make him say the line? <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, yeah, if he, I'd make him go out for pizza, and but not tell <laughs> no. me what he was bringing back, and then yes, every time he'd come in, I'd say, "What's in the box?" <laughs> and he would then move out within like a week. <laughs> oh, righty. Uh, final question. This is from Thomas O'Kane. He says, would you have liked to have seen more songs being covered from Marge? I'm going to say no. I just don't like, I just don't think the Marge voice is very pleasing on the ears when she's singing. It does not lend itself to musical numbers, no. I like Julie Kavner's oh. voice a whole lot. I, I really love what she does with Marge, but yeah, a little goes a long way when it comes to, yeah, like I shot the sheriff in this episode. I mean, it's got novelty value, but... Um, no, I would not want to sit through a whole performance or a whole album of uh, Marge Does the Hits. That is exactly right. Okay, well, that is the mailbag for this week. Thank you so much, guys, for your support throughout Season 11. You've finished an entire season, Mr. Davis. How do you feel? Oh, I'm feeling uh, exhausted but also energised at the same time. It's a, it's a weird, contradictory set of feelings, but uh, feel good, man. Feeling good. Yes, and if you want to hear our Season 11 wrap-up, it's going to be available on Patreon as of next week. So you'll be a patron, so patreon.com slash four-figure discount for as little as $2 per month. You get access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts, uh, access into our exclusive Facebook group, which is just the only reason I go on Facebook these days. It's a, it's a great community. Cannot recommend it <laughs> any more highly. Absolutely love each and every one of you. But thank you so much to each and every one of you who listens each week. It's the... um. It's the best way to support the show by tuning in and make sure you spread it to your friends. Let them know that I have, don't tune into Four Finger Discount. Make them. Force them. <laughs> I would also like to uh, express that particular uh, brand of thanks. <laughs> um, don't forget, guys, rate and review us on the iTunes store. And um, yes, just once again, thank you so much for your ongoing support after these 11 long seasons. They've flown by and coming up next is season 12. I'm not even going to tell you what it is, Mr. Davis. Actually, I am. It's a Treehouse of Horror episode. So a bit of fun to oh kick off the season 12. <laughs> Absolutely. Cannot wait for that. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you next week. Any final words, Mr. Davis? I was so gay, but I couldn't tell anyone. Shh.